What up, fanboys and fangirls? Welcome to our additional Talkin' Pop. I'm your host of Franchise, of course, uh, my co-host, Biko. What's up, guys? Hey, guys. Um, We're back. Um, Well, I mean, I hope you guys pay attention to the last episode. It wasn't much of an episode, but pretty much, we, like I said, last week, we joined our fellow podcasters and social media influencers to just doing a blackout podcast, blackout. So, I mean... It's something that, you know, what's going on right now, it's something that can't go away. It's something that's been, you know, bottling up for years, years and years, and now it's about time, you know, for things to finally change. Before that, like, this ties into pretty much what's going on right now in the world of pop culture, but before we get to the more serious stuff, let's do something. I just want to get through this right now. Um, pretty much uh, the podcast is pretty much a pop culture podcast. If this is your first time listening, um, the main site is... We are sponsored by Anchor. Anchor is pretty much the easiest way to get a podcast started to help you with distribution and give you all the tools you need to set up your podcast. Um, we're also available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and wherever your podcast outlet are. We do have a merchandise store. It's teespring.com slash store slash talking pop. You get our t-shirts, anything to support the podcast. And don't forget, our main website is anchor.fm slash talking dash pop. And guess what, guys? We actually have a Twitter. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Pop Talking. And if you want to tweet any questions or pretty much talk suggestions for future episodes, you can catch us on there. So, Lighthearted, today is um, June 9th. As of this recording, it's June 9th. Um, it's been unofficially announced as Bill and Ted Day. You know why? Because Orion Pictures and, of course, Alex Wittary and Keanu Reeves just released the first trailer for Bill and Ted Face the Music. So, it just got released today. I, took, I checked it out and, you know... Basically, it follows, you know, Bill and Ted, they're, they're older now, and, you know, the whole, if you remember watching the first two Bill and Ted movies, the whole thing was about, their music was going to bring people together, like, bring world peace and stuff, and apparently, they haven't done it right, so now they have to go back and try to fix what they messed up on, but it's cool to see Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves together, reprising their characters, I know they were trying to get pushed for years, but they actually got the original writing staff to do it, the original director, and guess what, they even brought the Grim Reaper, you know, the death back as well the original actor plays death he's going to make an appearance as well based on the trailer itself um i did hear i did read that they are going to do a little tribute to rufus who was played by the late george carlin so they are going to have some nods to him and apparently bill and ted will have kids remember they had kids in anna part two or part one part two they had kids with the princesses so um we'll get to see their daughters basically so definitely and it says summer 2020 based on the teaser poster so we'll have to wait and see because I know some movie theaters are slowly going to be open. I know Cinemark just announced that later this month. Um, they're going to open their theaters. They're going to slowly roll out from where their corporate headquarters are to slowly roll out to across the country. Um, they are actually they are, their employees are going to wear masks, but they, they're not going to require their customers, but they're going to encourage the customers to wear masks just for right now, just for you know safety precaution and stuff. And, but it'd be cool to see movie theaters open up again. That's the only movie chain I've seen so far. I don't know about Regal or um, AMC yet. But that's the only movie franchise chain that I know of. But I've read so far on comicbook.com that said they were going to solely open their theaters. But um, under that, um, under that, uh, one thing I want to catch in. And don't forget, um, if you're a gaming person, um, you remember, we're not a sponsor guy. We're always sponsored by Anchor. But one didn't mention if you got a PS4 or yeah, PS4 or PSP. Right now, they're just only doing their 50 days of play, and I'm getting a few game deals. I got Death Stranding for like 25 bucks, dude. That was like awesome. You know, I can't wait to play that. Um, I got some more games as well. It's a really good sales, guys. I, it's not just on their, their store, but I think certain retailers are doing it as well. Like Target and stuff are having some days of play, so you can get over for like 10 bucks. <laughs> yeah. 
So, like that, um, any, let's see here. So pretty much, guys, this is going to be pretty much a news-heavy podcast episode. Like I said, right now, you know, trying to get full of some things right now that we're reading right now. This is one thing that I saw. Like I said, that was like the one thing about Bill and Ted. Like I said, I do have the first film. And then, um, they want to mention me and Beagle were watching The Monsters right now. <laughs> I just bought like the first two seasons of The Monsters show. Well, basically two seasons of The Monsters. And it holds up. I mean, the, I mean, we, we just saw like the first episode where we started on the second episode. So we're doing like a little bin, like a little binge of it. But the writing on the fir- the writing was a, like it's really good. I mean, it's, a lot of people say that monsters like right now. The reason why we're doing that because uh, right now, if you guys don't know this, um, there's a scene from the monsters, like particularly Herman Monster, about his message about people. It's like pretty much an anti hate, anti racist like line. Which honestly, that was it makes sense. It does hold up to the world today, as you know we're going through this right now. About you know, it doesn't matter. What what ethnicity you are doesn't matter as long it's all about the judgment of the character of your heart. Months. I already pulled up the quote. If you want to pull up the quote, if you want to read that. Um. So it's if you guys aren't familiar with the monsters, it was a, a 1960s uh, classic sitcom about uh, a family of different various caricatures of mon- of monsters from way back when when Hollywood's first beginning. So like everyone was still kind of gravitated towards those type of characters, you know, Frankenstein, uh, vampires, wolves, you know, things like that. So a little more of the uh, occult spirituality sort of side, and um, that shit I've always been drawn to. So and it's a classic show. It's, we grew up with it. And there's a specific episode because they they kind of deal with a lot of uh, differences between human beings and us, and it's just taking it from the flip side and and showing you how... They see humans, and, and they're very a very loving family. They just care. All they want to do is just be accepted, just like what we see today, and nothing changes. Unfortunately, you know, it's it's it sucks that we're still dealing with this terrible ideologies that are still existing in our society and, and the conditioning that uh, hopefully you guys are taking the time to reverse and, and be better and be different and see things with a different perspective and not leading with these hateful ideologies that have no sense of no sense of moral grounding just just straight just bad just just full pure hate and it's it's not it's not you cannot tolerate it and it's not acceptable in this society it's just dumb it's ridiculous it's just nonsense but um there's a specific quote that uh people have it's been turned into gifts i'm sure you can find it on youtube thankfully google already kind of has it um yeah, exactly. I first, first found it like on Reddit. Yeah, that's what I first um, saw. But it goes: the lesson I want you to learn is, it doesn't matter what you look like. You could be tall or short or fat or thin or ugly or handsome, like your father, or you can be black or yellow or white. It doesn't matter. But what does matter is the size of your heart and the strength of your character, which is beautiful. And specifically with this show is that they were, you know, they always had some sort of lesson to give in each episode no matter how quirky it is um all the dialogue was pretty sharp as far as jokes are concerned and you know it's a simple premise but they actually had a lot a lot of things to talk about in the the 1960s with the civil rights movement being very strongly and and we are seeing i want to say a second coming again uh of the civil rights movement and it's it's terrible that it has to be 60 years again later on, but fuck, we have to get it going. And it's re- we got to we gotta drown out uh, the bad with the good. And, and this show 
is perfectly encapsulates that because it was going through that same time period as as what we're dealing with. It's the same thing in society. So um, if you want to take a look at that, just uh, Google search Herman Munster life lesson quote. It's like the, literally the first thing that pops up. Um, but I, I love that. Unfortunately, I don't know. I haven't seen much sitcoms as of late because with the streaming, the streaming age as, that we're in now, it's just like I don't care for CBS, NBC, stuff like that. You, everything you can find is online now. So you kind of pick and choose what sitcoms you want. And I'm not saying there's not sitcoms that still, you know, give perspective and have good lessons to be learned in, in these shows. And they kind of figure out how they do their own spin on things. But uh, in particular, me and my brother, we grew up in the 90s to where, like, all every different show, we had a variety of shows that were all tackling these issues. Um, one, for example, my favorite is Fresh Prince. Mm-hmm. Uh, those first seasons, you know, it was very, very much Will Smith being a comedian and, once they got going, they got proper footing. That's when they started, you know, incorporating a very tough things that nobody really wants to address or talk about in the black community, let alone in uh, in the Fresh Prince case of, of black successful family. And it was so important to see that in the '90s, um, leading up from the Cosby Show into the '90s. And we have what Family Matters, which was great in Chicago, and it, it touched with us because it's like, oh, they're actually, you know, Carl Winslow was a Chicago cop who. You know, he's de- he was doing right by his family. Yeah, and he reminds me of that one neighbor. episode. Oh. That hit, a, that hit hard, too, because it's funny how family members tackled that subject. And it's funny, it was like in the late 90s. It was that one episode when Eddie, you know, he came home from uh, a friend's party. And how is his friend? You know, he has a mixed race of friends. Mm-hmm. But his friends, they live in one of those upscale neighborhoods, like the suburban neighborhoods. And apparently, he got pulled over. He got racially profiled. Racially profiled. And, you know, in that writing of the episode, you know, initially when, you know... You know, Eddie was scared. He was like, he was taken to the cop. Like, he got arrested. But he explained that his dad's a cop. Even his dad didn't want to believe him. His dad didn't want to believe him at first. But when he go, he, found, he actually found the, the officers, the, I mean, the arresting officer at a, like a donut shop. And he he went on him. He like... Which and you then, could definitely and the funny thing was, there was a rookie cop with there. And he pretty much said, hopefully, you know... You gotta talk... Don't, don't be the same way as your partner over here. No matter yeah. how long he's been on the force. Uh... So Carl Winslow, you know, came in there and clean and confronted the the cop. That's cop specifically with the rookie. It doesn't matter, even though he was a rookie, he still didn't stand, he didn't do anything about it. And this is a problem that we that we our society in America is addressing. Uh, with the majority, as we see protests everywhere, that um, we're trying to get the cops more accountable and to call out, you know, these these. People in, within the force who use their authority to perpetuate their racist ideals, let alone their, their lack of training, um, which we're seeing a lot of legislation getting pushed uh, to change these things, especially with uh, I saw they're going to be doing they're going to add racial bias into the cycle evaluations for cops. I don't know if it's particularly in Minnesota that they're going to do that, but they want to pass it federally. Uh, and obviously with the House, if you aren't too aware of the judicial process or let alone the legislative process, legislative process. It takes both houses to agree. Yeah, and unfortunately our Senate at the moment has been very much, they're running this parliament. I want to call it a parliament right now, mm-hmm. but it's not a parliament at all. They're just, it's too much, it's a very much a very biased Senate at the moment. But uh, please, I'm going to take this time to say it now, please vote during the summer. Um, there's a lot of Senate seats that are getting overturned at the moment, and I don't care where you stand politically. I consider myself independent because both sides do some fuck shit. Um, no matter what side you're on, I I tend to say 
I, I believe you should think critically for yourself, think where you come from, understand where you, the area you are and understand what it, what it takes to just see humans as, as one, because that's what it is. Humans are just one being. It's not, uh, it's, it's this divide in skin color is ridiculously just idiotic. Yes. Um, because it's just, it doesn't take that much rocket science to really just come step back and just use your common sense. I just like for the fact that, you know, Biko and I pretty much, you know, we grew up and we hanged around with a mixed crowd. It was a diverse neighborhood. They never, you know, we never, they, our friends we used to grow up with, they never saw us as different. No, we were just, you know, we, we were just Andy and, and Fonz. We're pretty much, you know, even for me, like, you know, me and Biko going up, we went to a Catholic school, look, because it was convenient, it was across the street, but, yeah, yeah the majority were were Caucasian, but it's like, they did not treat me any different, you know, it, they treated me cool. And the only thing, it's kind of hard for me to remember too much, because I had a concussion a few years back, so, but, I'm trying to remember, it was in preschool, what happens is where our folks is, they get, you know, we're Hispanic, you know, Latinx, if you want to do the, 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 the general term now, um, pretty much, you know, our folks wanted to have, they taught us Spanish first, before English, um, and what happened was, with me going to preschool, I was four years old at the time, when, if I remember correctly, the teachers had to call my folks in, because they weren't, like, the kids were okay, but I think it was, for me, it was more of a communication problem, because, you know, I spoke Spanish, and, you know, and they were never afraid, you know, the kids were going to pick on me because I sound different. Which, I, that's cool. The teachers actually, you know, they, you know, they wanted to make sure I wasn't going to have a hard time, you know, with communication. What do you mean? They don't want to deal with it. They, they don't want to deal with like that. They're going to they're gonna kick you out if you didn't learn English right away. Yeah, that's what they didn't learn right away. So it wasn't even, it wasn't even the tolerance. But I remember, thing. like, they didn't care to, to assess it. They didn't assess it. So, luck for me, um, I watched a lot of, like, cartoons back then. I do. Say, I do get credit to, like, you know, Saturday afternoon or weekend afternoon cartoons because, honestly, you know, one for those, like, learning English, I do that. I mean, yeah, school helped, too, but I learned more watching television than I did in school a little bit. But school is still important, guys. I was able to do that, and I was able to communicate with everybody. And, you, and then it's like, it's like, you know, and I was talking to my mom the other day. It's like, you know, with the whole this going on right now, it's like. I saw stuff when I used to work in retail, guys. I, I saw, you know, racism and all that stuff. And it's funny because the company I used to work for, you know, the re- big supermarket chain, um, they didn't knew I could speak Spanish for like five years. Because they never ran into a situation where a customer who did not speak English very well, they had English as second language, they didn't know how to help somebody. So I remember one day I was sitting in the break room. It was, dur- it was during my 15-minute break. And I only had like five or four, five minutes left. Someone ran into the, the, the break room like, hey, does anybody know Spanish? Nobody rose their hand. I raised my hand. And he looked at me like, you know Spanish? You're Hispanic? You're, Spanish? You're Hispanic? Like, yes. And it, they had that look, that look at all like, and you can tell in their minds, like, I'm not saying there is just because they probably saw a lot of like film and television. They, they you know, with television back in the day, before the monsters, like shows like the monsters and the Anna's family and stuff. Back then, TV always had that stereotype of what Hispanic people, what Native Americans, what African Americans were portrayed as. But with Hispanics, it's, it's like yeah. it. They had that hard accent, you know. They always got pictured that hard accent. So hearing from me, you know, saying that I learned Spanish, and believe me, we shock other people that come from like from south of the border. We shock them as it's well. The same shit. It's yeah. the same shit, dude. But ignorance knows no bounds. Don't worry, it's on both sides. So, yeah. But I've seen that as well, and like and it kind of hits me hard now. I mean, 
now that finally again it's happening again it's like you know we need to step up it's like we need a voice and one thing like Pico was saying you gotta go out there and you gotta vote because honestly if you guys with the whole thing with the riots and stuff going on that does not get the message through protest does but having a voice and having the right to vote moves more pushes more and we're talking local because at this point we've seen the past four years let alone this whole time in this country that the federally it's they, they, they always play smoke and mirrors with us on both sides. But it starts from your local government. It starts in your own communities. It starts within your own families. Um, even within our, our, our families and relatives, like racism, it's just a conditioning that, that unfortunately that Caucasians have, that were, have been in power or have instilled that and created these systems that become spread through our media and everything that we we ingest in ourselves that we see every day and it's it net that kind of white conditioning has spread throughout each country and each border to where you know people of color are still dealing with shit like this it's ridiculous but it's like we said it starts it honestly starts with it within with yourself and if you and if you feel like you have some sort of prejudice in you, I understand. This conditioning has taken over. Uh, your environment takes factor into that. Uh, your own experiences have taken factor into this. And and I think what sucks is that within our cancel culture, as it's has it's increasingly become very strong within you know social media and, and things like that for the past shit decade. It, you know, it's understandable, but we have to have these conversations, especially when you have to have it within yourself first, even or anywhere around you. But you have to have that conversation. I know it's a tough thing in the room to talk about. It's like fucking you don't want to show your grades in school to your parents because you know you'll get in trouble. But it's a tough conversation to have, but you need to have it. Like, we can't progress as a society if we're still holding on to these terrible ideas, like shit that doesn't... At the end of the day, it's just so... It's nonsense. It's it's just pure ignorance and hate for no reason. And honestly, I'll say it first. These racists are just dumb as shit. They just are. And I don't have a lot of faith in racists. But, man, it's it's just... It's, it's fucked. Like, these people are fucked. I'm not saying they're too far gone. You can't convince... I mean, there's plenty of videos out there of former KKK members, neo-Nazis, who have, who have left that sort of ideology, who have... Who have experienced their, their troubles and, and who are using their voice to speak against things after learning. And the problem with cancel culture is that there's no room for redemption. There's like and that's awful. Like, no, you should you should hear these people out still. Like they are yes, they are holding on to terrible ideologies, but if you don't have the conversation and if obviously if the person's not willing to listen and it can escalate, I understand, but the most important thing is trying to de-escalate certain situations and try to educate people. That's all you can, but it starts with educating yourself first. And what I love with the uprising in social media as of, as of late due to the, you know, tragic murder of, of George Floyd and Brianna in the hands Taylor of the police, others. finally, for the first time, at least in, in our generation, that, I've, that I ever would hope in a million years that it would happen is that people are actually going out there for social change and... and I, and I've been hearing in a lot of different podcasts, and I agree the sentiments with the pa- the pandemic. I feel like plays a big factor into that with everybody being at home, everybody already frustrated with 
uh, these this lack of misinformation that they've been sent that our media and our authorities have been sending out and our own government fucking just lacking the and I'm not saying everybody in the government but at this point I'm holding the GOP accountable for all this because it doesn't just start with Trump he he's the the president puppet but remember there's other people in that fucking House of Congress and and frankly yeah they're butting heads because of the majority in that and that are in the administration are probably holding on to racist ideals and, and I don't believe Trump uh, obviously he's not a leader but there's other people in there in the cabinet there's other people in that fucking White House and honestly what the hell are they doing like they're just I just I just see lot of ganging but what I do love is I'm seeing the people get together organizing that's important you got to get organized understand what the, what the goal is and access to resources is important too and People are mad. People are fucking frustrated with everything going on. Like, 2020 is the perfect storm of fucking bullshit. Like, what's next, right? So, with that, I just want to say, like, it's beautiful to see Americans come together and that the majority of humans in this country, specifically in the whole world, a lot of countries coming together. Like, 50 states for the first time ever all protested. That's beautiful. Um, and remember, it starts in your own communities. That's important. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's important to go to these bubble communities who... Who, it's a class thing. Obviously, we're in this class divide, and we're seeing it. So, yeah. I just want to applaud everyone using their voice, doing whatever they can possibly to connect to these resources who are are making progressive change for the better. And uh, um, another thing I want to say for George Floyd is, I think they're live streaming his funeral. He's going to be buried in Houston, Texas, next to his mother. Oh, that's awesome. Um, that's which great. is beautiful. But that's yeah, they're going to live stream it. I don't know exactly what website, but I'm sure you can just take, do a quick Google search. I believe it's today. Yeah. But yes. Um, so if you want to do hopefully, And then hopefully, it. I think the family just set up like a, a fund so they can help, you know. Oh, yeah. They have the George Floyd Fund. There's been millions of people donating. Uh, Michael Jordan donated $100 million to... Uh, yeah, I think he said he's gonna do it for like every te- like every year, basically. Yeah, every years. Yeah. like a hundred million dollars, and that's Michael Jordan. That's and obviously with seeing the Last Dance and whatever they he kind of came off as an asshole to some people, but like man, if there's anybody who can kind of use their platform, it's Michael Jordan. And right now, like I love, and then I saw this. Uh, if you guys saw um, Dwayne Johnson, I love the video he put on Instagram, like basically calling out. I do want to read the quote. I mean, check out the video as well, but I want to see. I got this from the local news uh, website, WTHR. I'm assuming that's the affiliate in LA. Um, definitely watch the video on his Instagram if you follow Dwayne Johnson. Great human being. Great he has motivational as fuck if you have his Instagram. He, has a, he loves like, I think there's a lot of motivation on his YouTube channel as well. He uses it for uni- um, motivation. Um, this is what he says. This is, I quote, this is from Dwayne Johnson. I quote, Where is our leader at this time? At this time when our country is down on its knees, begging, pleading, hurt. Angry, frustrated, in pain, begging and playing with its arms out, just wanting to be heard. He also says, you'd be surprised how people would respond, how Americans would respond. You mm-hmm. say to them, I care about you. I'm listening to you. This is our country. You're all my people. And I take full responsibility and full accountability for something that has been hundreds of years of systematic disease. Why am I taking full accountability? Because I'm your leader. I'm your leader. And I'm going to do everything I can to make this right. Trump, and this is an article. Think about it. And this is what he says. Um, and of course, the Trump has been—you know—he he's been out here calling like protesters low lives and losers. Like, really? Yeah, but he's the loser who's hiding his hiding bunker like a bitch. 
like a fucking bitch, tear gassing people just for a photo op of that stupid Bible bullshit. Like, man. Okay. And then here's the rest of Dwayne Johnson's quote. As Americans, we believe in inclusivity. We believe in acceptance. We believe in human rights. We believe in equality for all. That's what we believe in. So, of course, all lives matter, he said. But in this moment right now, this defining, pivotal, explosive moment where our country is down its knees, the floorboards of our country are becoming unhinged in this moment, we must say the word, words, black lives matter. Remember what The Rock says, the process of change has already begun. You can feel it across our country, change is happening. It's going to take time. We're going to get... We're going to get beat up. We're going to take our lumps. There's going to be blood. But the process of change has already begun. He should be a presidential candidate right there. <laughs> I mean, they were talking about a few years ago. But he's not wrong, guys. He's and, not. And frankly, it's hilarious how, you know, it's just, we got what you guys, the, the people who voted for Trump, did you get what you wanted? Just have to ask yourselves that. I don't, I don't know the answers, but I would just hope that you understand that what you voted for is what you get. And I'm not saying it's all him either, guys. Just remember, the only thing he's in, he's running on instinct. The only thing he knows is how to get the best of the news cycle and how to be popular, how to be liked. That's what he wants. He looks like he that's you see it in his face. Like he can't even complete sentences. He doesn't know what he's saying. It's just all he cares about is what he's like. He's a bully. It's not, he just sounds like a you know a silver spoon kid who got everything he wanted, just like we knew his dad, who was a legit racist. And even at the time period, you know he was legit racist. So. It makes sense, guys. Remember, it just it starts from family, and it makes sense. So, but like I mentioned, and then he's not the only one there, guys. Just remember, yeah. he ain't the only one pulling the strings. Like I said, your voice matters. Everyone, everyone's voice matters right now. Like I said, I don't. I see us as the human race, not you know, Hispanic, Black, Asian. I see everybody as the human. That's what we are. We're human. You're human first, above everything else. We're human first, above everything else. I don't see color. I don't judge my color. Stereotypes, nothing like that. What matters most, what her monster said, it's all about heart. It's about the character. It's about character. If you want to perpetuate a stereotype, go white ahead because it's what you're doing. You know? People are going to judge you based on your actions. Mm-hmm. But what sucks is, based on your actions, they're going to call back and remember, you know, stuff that happened back then. But right now, like I said, like Dwayne Johnson said, it's time for change. You know, change is coming. It's a slow process, but it is coming. But the only way for that process to go is to to speak out, you know. That's why they're doing these protests. I know, Biko, you went to a protest this past weekend in Naperville. Uh, yeah, and uh, if you're not from Illinois, Naperville is predominantly white. Um, it's actually, and within their history, that they were a sundown, a sundown city, which if you ha- don't know what a sundown me- city means, uh, let me look it up because I don't want to butcher or paraphrase out of t- out of context what a sundown city means, um, but yeah, I went to a protest with a couple of my friends uh, and his daughter, who is of is going to be going to be in college in high school soon. So they have been very proactive in, in attending these, and and since she's uh, goes to this to that school district, they've had numerous occasions to where they've experienced uh, hate crimes. Started by certain students, uh, they they remember they were talking about an incident of a student who posted an ad on Craigslist, basically, which I can find another thing on that, but uh, it, it it was it, it was dealt with by within the district, but it was it's something that is still constantly going on, which is ridiculous to hear in twenty twenty, but unfortunately it needs to be aware and people, but uh, so a sun downtown. 
According to Wikipedia.org, a sundown town is also known as sunset towns or great towns are all white municipalities, municipalities or neighborhoods in the United States that practice a form of segregation by excluding non-whites via some combination of discriminatory laws, local laws, intimidation, and violence. Naperville started with this. Um, and as the years have gone by, uh, at least our population has changed and has become very diverse. However, there are still people within that community who unfortunately are holding on to these ideals, ideologies still. Um, but what I saw being there was very beautiful. Uh, just the amount of people who came out, uh, the speakers who, who said their piece from young to old, uh, city council members who were there, uh, sh- uh, police sheriffs who, who were able to keep everything in check, uh, and who, who were making sure that we, the protesters were, you know, good, like, and, and I'm not saying that protest was good, but in the sense that we, they were safe and uh, secure. They, you know, they did a good job of locking that down. Considering a couple of days beforehand, uh, they had protests as well, but looters coming around from other sides of the towns have come and did their, you know, their destruct, destructive uh, behavior around there as well. And, and, and they wanted to be better. And so this part protest, I think, went very smoothly. Uh, for what it's worth, you know, there was some National Guard that were brought in and, and they upped their police SWAT teams to come. But our protest, the protest that I went to was very peaceful, very extremely organized. Um, and just the amount of, uh, I want to say, people who maybe are like 10 years younger than me, uh, but all demographics and people coming from the NAACP coming to speak. And it was just beautiful. It was honestly, some, it was the America that I knew that I have always wanted to be a part of. America, that against, was the melting pot. Speaking against our bullshit government and speaking against, yeah, the melting pot and speaking against injustice and racial injustice. And it, it was just beautiful to see that I'm not alone in, in just trying to trying to help my fellow or trying to help humans in, in general. Yeah, it's cool because right now, like, we're, you know, we live in the Aurora right now and, you know, around that area, around the Aurora area, area but pretty much, you know, Around that area, yo, for uh, like, you know, people look at, you know, we live in the West Suburbs, but towns like Aurora, you know, they, you know, they had the peaceful protest the weekend before, before last weekend, and of course, um, you know, it was peaceful, the mayor and the police chief was there, chief of police, they both participated in the peaceful protest. But of course, you know, looters decided to come in, using an excuse to go start trashing businesses, and the fun thing is those businesses were owned by, you know. Aurora, yeah. A diverse community. Aurora is a very much minority-based community. But but the, so but the next day, you know, they stood up and pretty much, you know, clean like air, volunteers were there since like the next day. They were there the next morning at six a.m. cleaning up. That's so many volunteers, you know. And there's like video if you go on their Facebook page, like the, because that's why I cope with the Aurora like, government, like city government. They they post anything on Facebook and just a uh, live stream, and they live stream you know. People cleaning up and they have you know putting the boards up and everything. I think there's like um, glass makers are gonna uh, help create like replace the glass fronts and they do. They had artists come in and spray paint you know unity and you know coming together pretty much and you know and it shows that you know you know so many times and the course of Aurora's been like in the news you know a few months like well last year with the whole shooting at the Pratt you know warehouse. But it, it just seeing how this community, you know, even in Illinois, like in the western suburbs, you know, coming together and, you know, after 
you know, was destruction in the town, in the city, and you know, the coming together as a community, clean help clean up those businesses, and pretty much, you know, seeing like, you know, driving like if you go drive there now, and you see like the artists were came in, they did like artwork, like peaceful artwork, um, you know, with unity, Black Lives Matter, you know, and right now we're in Pride Month right now, so it's a lot of like Pride stuff as well. So it's like right now it's Pride Month right now as well. You know, it's not, you know, it's like, it's just the whole community standing up together. And, you know, I was shocked, you know, with Naperville, you know, Naperville, I mean, it's always been. I'm not. But I'm not it's like that one video I saw of Naperville where, you know, the girls were posting with hearts saying Black Lives Matter. And this lady comes out and starts like tearing them off. And then the guy's like yelling at them. I'm like, come on, they're high school girls, but at least they're, at least they're progressing. Later, at least yeah. they know what's up. They later apologized. And, um. They squashed that, and and it's funny because uh, that only spurred more hearts getting spread around different storefronts, and they made it better. Uh, but no, Naperville has a long way to go. Um, I I went to the, I went to school over there uh, for a good half of a year, but um, I I've known people throughout that community and around this, the northwest suburbs. Uh, I've met a lot of people in my life through different adventures that I found myself in and, and especially in Naperville, uh, going to school there. I've even, I've faced racial profiling there, um, numerous times by the cops, uh, being followed, being questioned out of, for no reason, no context whatsoever, no reason to be det- I, detained, shit like that. Even just walking around campus as years go by the same. So, uh, I'm not saying, you know, that the work isn't being done, but they have a long way to go. And I'm glad to see that uh, even the people who they're hiring and employing in these certain uh, city council positions are doing the work. Um, and they're having a diverse board. Uh, their council member got a chance. Who is African-American? He got a chance to speak. He was He's the president of the, of the, of the council for the city hall council there in Naperville. And, and he got a chance to speak. Uh, I can't, I'm blanking on his name. Dr. Jeez, uh, can't remember. It's awful, but uh, he. It was great to see him. He was one of the first speakers out there, um, and then seeing young people uh, jo- joining the NCAACP chapters within their local communities, and especially in Naperville. Um, and it's good to see that young people are going in there. Uh, I, I'm almost thirty, so it's uh, it's something like I mentioned earlier. I never, th- I never would have thought I would see it in a million years. I never thought I would see in my lifetime. Like I was one of those people uh, who kind of held on to this, you know, not this pessimistic view. I'm very pragmatic mm-hmm. based on my experiences in life so far. I'm very pragmatic as far as what the human, the human condition, how complex it is. And I, and I for one, don't understand humans. And I don't think I ever will. Uh, however, there are good people out there. So, and I think these protests are showing that... Uh, that we need to come together and there's not alone. And that's what's important. Say, you know, strength in numbers, unity in numbers. And then seeing like not just, you know, the U.S., but pretty much other countries as well yeah. showing their support. It's like, fuck. Much of an impact, you know, Wait like alone. Paris, everybody's like, all the other countries. So it's funny how, you know, the government's doing this, but think about you're saying, oh, just we're not, we're technically not alone. Everybody, all our countries are showing their support for. This. Yeah, and, and uh, like I said, our GOP is just making themselves look bad. Because they, they just look bitches. They look, like look, at, look at America as pretty much, you know, <laughs> an 
And they look, I don't know how other Christians portray, like, they portray us, like, portray us, but honestly, I think of right now the country, like, the government itself is an embarrassment. Yeah, I mean, because it's, we're it takes, like, not just our voices right now, but other voices of other countries right now, and of course the president we have right now is trying to cut ties with certain countries <laughs> and not, you know, it's like... It doesn't hurt. I mean, pretty much, and these countries all grew up in governments that were oppressing the people. While here, we have, like, the right to freedom of speech. And that's and it, getting, honestly, it's getting hit on. And they're, they're, they're using the cops to take away our civil liberties. And, and it's what? And it's literally all these old, old white fucking people who are supremacists and, and that are in our government. And that's why y'all need to vote and i know there's certain people who believe that vo- voting doesn't do anything and look i'm not going to say what you feel and i'm not going to do that i'm just basing this off of what we feel or what our personal opinions but at the end of the day something needs to change and and if that means you've got to go in that ballot box vote educate yourself on the people who are running remember you're only as good as what you know so educate yourself on these representatives who are running for these important positions in your local government that's where it starts because those people are the ones who are going to have to report to the federal government and they stand in and sign these bills and do all this shit. And if you're going to give them your money, your taxes, you better fucking know why, where your money is going and who are the people you're representing. Instead of looking up what the Kardashians are doing tomorrow, like who gives a fuck about them? Right now, what's important is this stuff, the, the change and the progression that needs to happen. And frankly, it is happening. You might not feel it within, but it is happening across the country. It's happening in... in in other countries, and they're seeing it. And America's got all the spotlight with this shit going on, and it's fucking embarrassing. But America's showing its true colors, you know? It's showing its bombastic true colors of ignorance, egotistical leadership, ego- just leading with ego, ignorance, and all um, gimme, give me. It's just greed. And, and if you don't think that's what America was, that's what America was found on. So, tough cookies, but it's going to change, and the change is happening now. Sorry. Sorry to break it to you, but fuck, you need a fucking, we need to change. And, you know, and what, yeah, it honestly, that's what it needs. Um, right now, I just, let me see if I can pull this article up. Um, I know if you guys are watching right now, you know, even now, they're coming down hard on, you know, people in the entertainment industry <laughs> for past tweets. Of course, remember with James Gunn, and like now, like, with James Gunn as well. But now it looks like another actor um, was let go. If you guys ever watched the DC show, DC Universe show, The Flash, well, remember Hartley Sawyer? He plays um, Ralph Dibney, who's the well, plastic man, but an elongated man. Uh, apparently, um, some old tweets that he tweeted out, um, I guess. Uh, somebody did some digging. Somebody did some digging. And let me see if I can pull it up. I don't, I'm not going to read it, but. Let's see if I can find it, but apparently, um, this is, uh, he got, he was let go from the show, and uh, some tweets that he posted, like, how many years ago, it's, uh, from 2012, looks like, and there was another one from 2014, but actress Sky Jackson, like, pretty much, uh, she ended up finding it. What do you mean? I think she's the one that found the... The tweet? Yeah. So, 
within our cancel culture that's spread oh, here we go. Uh, through Gen Z, I'm assuming. It's a misogynistic... Yeah. Okay, I want to read a statement from the from what the show said. But let me see. This is, I think I found it. Um, this is from what the show said. And these are the tweets, but I'm not going to read it. But basically... Oh my god, these are horrible. I don't know if I should read them, but... No, fucking read them. Alright. Fucking read them. So this guy, this guy fucking said it. If you want to post it on his Twitter, he's got to fucking live by it now. Yeah, he's going to... Okay, this is what he said, guys. And this is Sky Jackson. She's the one that pretty much found him. Here's one that says... And Harley Sawyer quotes, The saddest part about someone committing suicide is they'll never listen to David Bowie again. Wait, what did he say? The saddest part about someone committing suicide is that they'll never listen to David Bowie again. Wow. Okay. Date rape myself so I don't have to masturbate. <laughs> Super Bowl. Af- America. 8% of the prison population is African American. Wow. Yes. And you wonder why, asshole? And he says, here's another one that Systemic says... Systemic oppression, man. At Stephen Hanks, just kidding. I don't care about... Fa- I don't care and fags are fine, but sports often make me snore. Okay. There's another one. Out at dinner and just exposed myself as a racist again. <laughs> oh my god. The only thing stopping me from doing mildly racist tweets is the knowledge that Al Sharpton would never stop complaining about me. If I had a wife, I would beat the hell out of her tonight. LOL. As a lad, one of my favorite activities was kidnapping homeless women and cutting off their breasts. What the heck is this guy smoking, man? I think I could be working at Tit Factory and be pretty happy. Enjoy a secret boob, view- boob viewing in an audition today. Wow. Wow. <sighs> don't. I don't use Twitter, guys, but because I'll never understand the why what the appeal is, and but it's just fucking ridiculous. What? Like you can't be that dumb to post shit and not think that's not gonna come back to hit you. It's the fucking internet. If people will find what they're looking for. Racist, misogynistic, and homophobic. Yeah, yeah. And pretty much, this is what the... Oh, is that a news? Yeah, that's not CNN. Um, this is an article from CNN. Basically, this is what the statement came from the CW and the producers of Warner Brothers. It said, Hartley Sawyer would not be returning for season 7 of The Flash. In regards to Mr. Sawyer's post on social media, we do not tolerate derogatory remarks that target any race, ethnicity, national origin, gender, or sexual orientation. Such remarks are anti-ethical to our values and policies. We strive and evolve to promote a safe, inclusive, productive environment for our workforce. And so far, um, the actor has not commented about his determination yet. <laughs> and kudos to Sky Jackson for bringing that to attention. You know what? Oh, it looks like he did post something on Instagram, looks like. He put... Recently? Yeah, he just did right now. It says here, according to the article, it says, Screen grabs and tweets Sweater's Twitter account has since been deleted. Without mentioning specific tweets, the actor who played Ralph Dibley on the series for three seasons apologized and the only thing he's going to post on his verified Instagram account on May 30th, hours after the screen grabs originally started circulating. 
So this is what he, he posts. So he did apologize. Like, I'm not here to make excuses regardless of the intention. My words matter and they carry profound consequences. And mine can and have caused pain and embarrassment along with the feelings I can only imagine to supporters and fans, my castmates, the crew, my colleagues and friends. I'll hold them all an apology. I owe each of you an apology. Thank you for holding me accountable. And look at this. This is all one of the producers from the show. I'm going to read this. This is from... Uh, one of the producers on The Flash. This is Eric Walls. He says, This morning, many of you have learned that Harley Sawyer will not be returning for season seven of The Flash. Concerning his social media tweets, they broke my heart and made me mad as hell. And they're in the indicative of the larger problem in our country. Because at present, our country still accepts and protects the continual harassment, unconscious or otherwise, terrorizing and brutalizing of black and brown people, which far too often are fatal. That's why our country is standing up once again and shouting enough and taken to the streets to bring about active change. I, too, am committed to bringing permanent change to the work environment here on The Flash. Yes, this is a family show, but it's for all families. That includes black and brown ones. In order to facilitate this, I will continue to find black and brown writers, directors, actors, producers of all genders, help tell The Flash stories. Their stories are part of the American narrative, too, and must be heard. And the more you hear and see us, and the more you begin to recognize the simple fact, we are human beings, too. Right. To those who still aren't sure why so many Americans have taken to the streets to make their voices known, I ask you to consider this. Every time a black or brown life is harassed, harmed, or murdered, as in the case of George Floyd, Ahmed Aubrey, Breonna, Breonna Taylor, and too many others, our entire country fractures and moves further and further away from any moral authority we often claim to have in the world. Murder is not democracy. Systematic and institutional white privilege is not equality. Suppressing the free press with violence is not liberty. The only way for you to be free is for all of us to be free. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. Right. That's a great quote, but yeah, it's, you know, and I, you know, and well, it was cool when the Flash brought in Elongated Man, but it was kind of cool. But I will say, for me, they should not get rid of the character; they should recast him. Oh, so he's is he a bad guy in there? Or no, he's a he, no. Elongated Man was was Plastic Man in the old DC comics. He was a hero, basically. Oh, he had the ability to stretch and morph. It was rubber. It was basically like rubber. But the more updated version is elongated, man. But he was a detective, you know, and the way the flash. And I haven't seen the flash for a while, but yeah, I mean, should they recast the character? Are they going to write him off? We don't know yet. They haven't said yet, but I'm assuming they are going to write the character off and bring somebody else in. And think about the Flash and the Arrow. Well, the Arrowverse in general, they took many villains and pretty much either gender swap. Or change the ethnicities just to show a more diverse, you know, just how society is now. It's like, it's diverse. It's more multicultural. And that's why I like about The Flash and all these shows. But dude, like, honestly, people don't realize when you tweet something, you got to be careful what you're tweeting. Because especially you're representing their, what makes them, it makes them look bad. Because even when you work at a job or anything, and a lot of places do have you sign like a social media um, agreement and disclosure and saying you're not going to, because you're a representative. Yeah. Doesn't matter if you're at home, you're a representative of that company, regardless of whether you're not you're at work or not, you're still a representative. You're, you're still gonna be viewed, you're still gonna be, you know, anything you can do will be judged because honestly you're gonna make it you'll embarrass that company if you do any actions that you know always seem fit that's offensive, you know, to her. Oh yeah. I mean and and I, and there anybody's just as accountable to all this shit. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, if you work at a place, you, you, know, you sign these kind of non-disclosure agreements. You sign these things to where, you know. So, and the numerous times that I've, I've taken on different lines of work, that the social media clause is thrown in there. That mm-hmm. you, at the end of the day, if you're posting, 
they always tell you, you know, you you have to make sure you're not a, you're not posting out of as an affiliation of with the company that you're employed by. And it's it's to me, I'm not surprised that a lot of these actors cuz they they are getting hit by the wayside with shit like this. And they're just as accountable for that. So, and this guy, like, they sign contracts for these shows. It's not like, you know, they are working towards, you know, abiding by their contract. And if that's what fucking puzzles me that you can't be that stupid to say some shit like that on Twitter and not expect for somebody to dig it up. Like, it's, a, well, it's the internet age, guys. Like, it's not that hard. Yeah, to do case in point, you know, there's some examples I do want to bring up. There was Roseanne when they brought the show yeah. back. Look yeah. what happened. She says some things on Twitter. And look at that, they wrote her off. Yeah, they're, you know, taken out of context and different things. Or, but, you know, she she fucking posted, even in a drunk Xanax field thing. She, she still, still posted, posted. It's still it. there, yeah. Like, she still had access to her phone, her social media account, like, whatever the handle there was. I mean, they live different lives than we do, but unfortunately, like, if I was in that position, I would not want to even be remotely close to my social media accounts. Let, some, let my business manager or whatever take take care of that shit like i wouldn't even want that i don't and at that point if i'm already like i feel like if i'm doing something that i love i don't want to even pay attention to social media and like for us at least coming from a big family social media has helped bridge that gap in communication but at the same time it's just as toxic uh i mean just look at facebook and twitter's one thing but facebook is just another fucking cesspool of just ignorance and and, and, and like, the, that demographic is different than Twitter, because Twitter's more or less, like, a younger demographic of users. Mm-hmm. Um, it's or that and, like, you know, Snapchat or something like that. But Facebook, it's, you know, it's the old heads. It's everybody, because it's, the, it's the, the, the thing that kind of started this wave of toxicity and people having a bunch of voices that, saying these, op- these opinions where, you know, everyone's got one. Everyone's entitled to their own opinion in this country. However, you're also entitled to scrutiny and criticism because you, if you decide to post something that says certain things that you believe in, you better be prepared to fucking take some shit. But so, and also, don't be surprised. Yeah, and then of course, you know, it things do happen. You know, the point of social media does play an impact. You know, you know, like with cyberbullying because back. Oh in, yeah, yeah. Right. Look what happened. You know. Um, rest in peace, Hanakamura, because she was a, a professional wrestler who wrestled at the who started wrestling at the age of eight, and for her, you know, getting all this because she was doing this reality show. She's a professional wrestler. She was at a reality show that was shot on Netflix and in Japan, and she, you know, yeah, her personality was different, but she always I've read about her character. She was always inclusive. Her character was all inclusive. You know, we're all different, but we all enjoyed life. But, you know, for her getting all this cyberbullying and to the point it pushed her to the brink, you know, taking her life, which is honestly, it, was bull- it, it shows, it sucks because, I, you know, if someone was there to help her out, you know, at that time, but problem is most of her, some of her friends, you know, she tried to keep her, I think the last tweet she did, you know, was saying, you know, I didn't want to deal with this anymore, goodbye. And it was like, and then by the time most of her friends were over here overseas, you know, they do indie shows and stuff. And, you know, by the time they got to her house, you know, it was already, she was already gone. But it's like, it takes, you know, that's the power of social media. And people realize that that's how much of an impact it does on everybody, everyday lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, bullying back in the day was almost in the, in the kidground. But now with social media, it's like, you can, people can be bullied even on social media. And, and that's called cyberbullying because it's like. And I can tell, like, somebody's getting it every day, but it's, like, to the point, you know, it does it does have consequences. And, you know, going back, like, even, like, 
like um, the old Ninja Turtle cartoon that was on Nickelodeon. Jason Biggs was Leonardo. And then, of course, they did two seasons. And, of course, he Jason Biggs decides to tweet something, you know, that was, you know, I get, like, derogatory towards Asians. And pretty much, you know, Nickelodeon's like, we're not going to, they're not going to tolerate this. Let him go. They replaced with Seth Green. Oh, really? Yeah, he got replaced by Seth Green the third season. And, you know, it, 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 like I said, he didn't home sell Kyle. I know he later apologized. Or like Gilbert Gottfried, same thing. When the tsunami was in Japan, he, remember, he was the voice of the of the duck from Affleck for so many years. And, of course, you know, he started 20 ranting something on Twitter about when the Japanese in the tsunami, he got let go as well. Mm. So it's like... It's. I'm glad like companies like this, like the entertainment industry, is like you know they're holding everybody to a higher standard. And uh, like I said, it's like you said because like pretty much you gotta watch out what you're saying. And people don't realize they archive everything. Oh hell yeah! So I'm glad this guy decided to step up and apologize and hold himself accountable. Mm-hmm. But I think it's gonna take some time before he gets another acting job again. <laughs> it's gonna be a long time. Uh, yeah. And frankly, fuck him. I'm just gonna say now, fuck that guy. I hope he never. I hope. I hope he learned his fucking lesson. Uh, and I'm only saying that cause, like I don't like give a fuck about DC, but no, I'm just saying it from a from a perspective of seeing this person say these things. And like, I'm not a big subscriber to cancel culture because I don't like how we're not having conversations because you know we should have conversations about shit when we call out wrong things. However, you have to have a conversation with this person because at the end of the day, you have to educate. You can't just shut it off. But fuck that guy for saying his shit on Twitter. All that stuff was racist, homophobic, uh, just misogynistic. misogynistic bullshit. Like, whatever. And I'm a person who, like, I'm, I'm a big comedy fan. Like, the only thing I like to do in this world is make people laugh. And and I love dark shit and stuff. And flagrancy is cool because we, we came from a time where it wasn't as sensitive. However, you have to adapt and under, try to understand why certain people get outraged on certain things. And and I can take a lot of shit as much as the next person, but it doesn't mean you shouldn't be able to call shit out like this because it starts with within. It starts with you because you can perpetuate things that you without you noticing it. So we just ask that you aware, you be aware of your what you're doing on the internet, what you're doing in real life, what you're doing with your families. Just kind of educate yourself, man. What the fuck? We have a computer and the internet access for a reason if you have it. Like, that's, you know, you have to use it. I don't understand why. Go to a library if you had to. I know nothing's really open right now, depending on your state it runs differently or your country, but there's plenty of different sources of material you can educate yourself on and information that is valuable at the end of the day. Um, but we didn't want to spend too much time on this because we did we did want to address uh, things and we, and we do want to continue to... Give, provide updates on, on changes that are happening in our country and, and, and worldwide. So we want to just make sure that this doesn't go away, that we have to have this tough conversation. Um, but obviously, with considering the podcast, we, we do want to you know talk about different things that are happening uh, as, slowly, as slowly as things are kind of getting pushed into the media. We, you know, there's some things we're going to pick and point out. Uh, so if you want to go first, dude. Uh, what's something that you wanted to, what, what did you see popping up? Uh, did you want to talk about, um, Spidey, Spider-Verse? Okay. The green light? Yeah, we'll do that, but let's go ahead and take a quick break. Um, make sure to listen to this ad and we'll be right back. Hey 
Hey, it's Stefan Chise from Talking Pop with Stefan Chise and Biko. Just letting you know, we have a storefront. It's teespring.com slash Talking Pop. We got shirts. We got tank tops for men, women, kids. We also got hoodies and sweatshirts. Um, we actually have coffee mugs and we have an iPhone case and a Samsung case with the Popstronaut logo on there. Also, we have stickers so you can put on your locker, on your laptop, whatever you want to put those stickers on there. So right now, if you go to teespring.com slash TalkingPop, and when you go to check out, use the promo code TalkPop and save $5 on your order. Support the podcast. As always, geek on and take care. Alright guys, and we're back. Um, hope you guys enjoyed the ad. Um, what Biko was saying about Spidey, yeah, if you guys, um, Spiderverse is being developed. It's in production right now. That includes the Sonic the Hedgehog movie as well as also in development. But Spider-Verse, it looks like they're projecting a 2022 um, release time. It's like I said, with things with the COVID right now, things are slowly reopening. So productions, you know, they had to go be delayed. But I think slowly, I think they're saying possibly in the fall, they'll start reopening stuff again. Going back to work. Um, I know in Japan, or like Japan, just like a lot of animes were... I hate this, but I think they're saying, based on how Japan's handling their state emergency and stuff, um, they're going to slowly open everything up slowly, like each prefecture. Um, I was reading that fun and like, Spider-Verse would be cool. My thing is, for Spider-Verse, hopefully they should do is get Andrew Garfield and Tom Holland and, you know, Tom McGuire to make an appearance. I mean, they could be there for a few minutes, but it'd be cool to see, like, the movie Spider-Man interact with Miles Morales. Yeah. Because honestly, if you think about it, I like what I like about uh, Miles Morales in general. Talk about the character when you know my Brian Michael Bendis decided, you know, when he was writing also his Spider Man, that he decided, you know what, it's time for when there when Spidey was fighting against Green Goblin, and Spidey ended up like fighting to the point that he died. Um, he before that he started mentoring his kid named Miles Morales, whose dad was like you know his dad was a police officer, and you know he's mixed race. He's a half he's African uh, Puerto Rican. And, you know, that's kind of cool. And now I would say people are going to look at him more now as a new figure of Spider-Man. I know he's in the main universe now. But when we when that movie came out, that was great. When I heard that they announced Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, that was kind of cool. They made him as the main character, the main focus, which is awesome. And, they have, of course, they have Spider-Gwen as well. Because I know they're supposed to develop a female version as well. With uh, Spider-Gwen being the lead in that one. I know Haley Steinfeld said that they're still, that's also in the production as well. Because she's the voice of Gwen Stacy. Mm-hmm. I think that's also in development. So it'd be kind of cool to see that version. Because I think with that female one as well. They could have like May Day Parker. Um, what's her name? Scarlet Spider. She'll make an appearance in there as well. See different you know, Spider-Women in, in the universe. You know? Because I know they're trying to work on that as well. Uh, going back to that, can't wait for that film because the first film was great and won an Oscar for Best Animated Feature. So hopefully they do add those. That's my hope for that oh, film. Oh, yeah, it's so great. Uh, hopefully my film is that the sequel is they do add those movies to Spider-Man. That'd be kind of cool to have them interact with Miles Morales. That'd be really cool. So, um, I actually watched it the other night. Yeah, and another thing I do want to mention, um, I just thought <laughs> this right now. Um, you guys remember Mad Magazine? Uh, the artwork that was done by his name is Al Jeffy. He's actually going to retire. Yeah, sure. And it says here, it says right here, this is from TBR.com. Um, legendary art, mad artist Al Jeffy is um, retiring at the age of 99. To mark the occasion, Mad is releasing a special issue that will feature the last of Jeffy's celebrated foldings. 
Um, he was born. He's born in March 21st, 1921, to a Jewish Lithuanian parents. Jeffy has worked as a cartoonist since 1941. Wow. His work was first published in Mad Magazine in 1955. Um, Jaffe drew his first trade in, trademark fold-in, which involves an image with a question or a statement revealing a hidden image, and saying once the page is folded in issue number six in 1964. And this is what he quotes: "He's like, I guess I'm childish in a way." I'm living the life I wanted all along, which was to make people think and laugh. Um, and it says here he's been praised for both his art and writing. He is known for tackling long years of comics from superheroes to funny animals. It says the tribute issue will be Mad Number 14, will include classic Jeffy works, the original tribute material, including artwork by Mad veteran Sergio Aragones. While Mad stopped creating new material in general in October 2019, will made an exception for the special issue with shelves on June 10th. I remember Mad Magazine, man. I was like. That was before the internet where now we got parodies and stuff now. People do parodies, different things now. But back then, Mad Magazine, they parodied a lot of stuff. And this guy, Al Jeffy, man, his artwork, you know, he's the one who helped design oh, the, yeah, yeah. the mascot for Mad. You know, he the, his artwork and especially the fold-ins were kind of cool because you had to fold the mag- Yeah, you didn't want to ruin the magazine, but you, he, with the hidden message, you, you had to like, you know, fold it in just to see it. So that's one thing I just saw. I know they were talking about it and... Um, there's one that was one of the things I saw and then uh, I do want to mention if you guys um, this past Sunday on the WWE Network they had, NXT had their first takeover since you know t- takeover Tampa was cancelled due to COVID they decided to resurrect in your house um, because it is the 25th anniversary of the first ep- first in your house which is the, they decided to do a takeover version which was kind of cool they brought back Top Pettingale they had the set house work and everything they even had the house Set up from like the old in your house, and a lot of the wrestlers, you know, um, Keith Lee uh, faced Johnny Gargano. Johnny Gargano came out with the Mandalorian style ring get inspired ring gear, and then Keith Lee um, came out and his trunk said Black Lives Matter. That was really cool to bring that message out. Um, they had the um, the six women tag team match, that was good as well. All the matches were great, and especially that backlog brawl where it was on um, Valentine Dream versus Adam Cole. It did like a cinematic style. Because then, you know, they're, they're starting to do that style just to get more, like, in-depth to the characters. And, um, like, they did with The Undertaker versus AJ Styles. Um, Boneyard match. And then they did with the John Cena, Bray Wyatt. And um, the Money in the Bank, they made that a cinematic as well. They decided to, you know, pretty much do it as well with Wild Dream and, and Eric Cole. And it's kind of cool because they did it on their back lot where they have a bunch of cars at the ring stuff in the middle. Um... Valentine Dream came out dressed as like Negan from Walking Dead. That was kind of cool. That was hilarious. And then, of course, Animal came in a monster truck. And the match was really good. It was spot on. There was a few impact spots. And, of course, when I'm called, like, doing a, a swinging powerbomb onto a bunch of steel chairs on Valentine Dream, of course, Animal came out on top. I actually called him with his longest reign right now as NXT champion because I know there's a lot of rumors going around that his contract is due up in the summer. And, you know, his girlfriend, Dr. Britt Breaker, she is a licensed dentist, guys. Um, she is in the AEW, and of course, you know, Tony Khan's really open to let them, you know, they can go to their shows, like he lets Britt go to his shows, and I think WWE at first didn't want Adam Cole to go to the, to the AEW shows, but I think they're slowly being lenient on it. Um, but, uh, and then they're showing that he's still going to be sticking around. And of course, um, they had Charlotte Flair versus... Uh, Io Shirai and Rhea Ripley in the Triple Threat Women's um, NXT Championship Women's Match is the main event, which is kind of cool. I like how they're having the women take the spotlight, you know, the main event spotlight, which is awesome. Like I said, they're moving forward as well. And um, pretty much uh, 
Io Shirai, you know, won because it's kind of cool. They find she finally wins a championship in NXT. Of course, she was good friends with the uh, Hanakamura, so I know she dedicated her her win to her her late friend. And one thing I did pop, I saw that uh, I forgot who posted about because and there was something that uh, I forgot what wrestler put it on. And right now, I've been seeing like a lot of wrestlers are saying justice for Brianna Taylor. Right now, a lot of WWE wrestlers are posting on their twitters. Oh yeah, yeah, she got. Yeah, there, there a lot of them are posting. So well, someone posted, like, a, a talent said that, because I think someone ever, I don't know who a talent said that if they're asking if Triple H is addressing, you know, Triple H is one of the heads of development and talent acquisition, because he he has a main office role in the back, and they ask him if he's open to conversations about, you know, prejudice of it. He's like, yeah, his door's always open. Like, he he's open to hear any conversations you want to have. Like, he has an open, like, he, they, they can come to him for anything. And he's willing to listen. So it's like, and you know WWE has their stance because remember like wrestlers in the past like you know we're we're listening to the UDA podcast and which to me guys definitely watch, listen to the podcast as well but they had an episode this past this you know, yesterday they just released an episode and we talked about you know they had a conversation about prejudice which was really good very powerful just hearing their stories you know and we can relate because you know you know we done that we went through that stuff too but hearing from them and, you know, and then how a company's doing right now with all this and how they're tackling and everything, it's like, and they do make a point, we need to keep talking about this. Because yeah. if we don't stop talking about it, it's going to be, you know, pretty much it's going. It's going to go on the wayside and that's not, the, that's not what we can't, we can't. Now that the powers are shifting and, the, and, the, and people are hopefully waking up to the, to the shit and I'm surprised they haven't already, but fuck. How many years are we going to see people getting innocently killed by the police? And predominantly African Americans. And it's just so fucked up. Because it could... It, and I'm not ignoring the statistic that white people were killed by the police too. Because that is... It, that happens as well. And I don't want to discredit that. But it's disproportionately... Our jails are filled disproportionately with African Americans and Latinos. And we're part of the Latino community. We're Latinos. We're Mexicans. Like, are you fucking kidding me? It could be any of us. And so... Something needs to change, and and all these institutions that have been running on these terrible ideologies for so long, and the influence is there. It's it needs to go away. It needs to change. This is a humongous country. Like for fuck's sake, if you want America to be an inclusive country and tolerable and accepting of all different backgrounds and, and religious affiliations, you know those are these values that America tends to perpet. They want to perpetuate, but unfortunately they don't. And and the world is watching. And it's it's just this administration's a, just a fucking joke. It's just a joke. But I I'm sure the people who wanted him in the office and wanted this administration, they're laughing to the bank and doing these terrible things. But sure. Oh, okay. It is what it is. And then pulling up from the WWE. Look here, we go. I think I pulled up from one of the conversations that he had a conversation with all the talent Triple H had before and after the show. Look at this, somebody tweeted, while somebody out here snitching to these dirt sheets about everything, somebody needs to snitch that Triple H came and told us all that if we today, tomorrow, ever want to talk to him about our feelings on Black Lives Matters, he wants to have that convo. Like, he wants to have talking, and it says here, after the show, the game spoke again, he told Russell how proud he was enough for standing up for what they believe in, this important time in the world. Triple H got a promotion at the point saying he wants everyone to matter regardless of the race, religion, orientation, and he wants to tell them to set an example for the world. 
and I saw that based on the pictures that I, I saw like a lot I saw that uh, Dakota Kai you know she um, she's from um, I think she's from New Zealand she had her hair dyed pink and you know paying homage to Hanakamura uh, Keith Lee had the I saw a picture of Keith Lee's trunks he had the thing that said Black Lives Matter Black Lives Matter and that was kind of cool and a lot of tributes to Shirai too as well I think she tweeted a, a picture after she won the championship let's see what she said This is what she says. I have nothing but the most respect for Anthony WWE. He'll always believe I could be a champion regardless of race or nationality. Tonight I have a chance when I arrive. I don't have a tag partner, but I definitely have a wonderful family and a home. And it's like, it's showing that, yeah, he, you know, for them to do this show, like, it's been a while since NXT TakeOver, but I enjoyed it, you know. And honestly, if you think about it right now, they're... Right now, with sports slowly coming back, hopefully soon. But this is one of the voices out there, and like for the sec that you know, Triple H and the WWE, you know, they're a lot, you know, being more open, receptive, and letting them, you know, let their town actually get, put their message out there. That for him, the you know, because it's like, yeah, I mean, like I said, just keep the conversation going. So definitely check that out. Right now, Take Over in Your House is available on W Network. And if you guys don't remember, no, now they actually have a free tier now. <laughs> for it was a, now it's a free and take. So they got pretty much got rid of the free trial. So now you can get the you can sign up for the free tier. But if you want to pay like ten bucks just to get the extra stuff, might as well do it. Take advantage of it. So you get all the old stuff. I started watching the old Anity stuff right now. Um, right now, part of right now, I'm in 1998. Right now, Austin just won the championship. So right now, I'm so right now I'm on the Raw after WrestleMania 14 when the Austin era started. So yeah, I get to see the, the pretty much the whole Austin McMahon rivalry. So see that on Biko. Do you see any, anything? Um, because I know you always on Reddit and stuff. So is there anything else you want? Anything you see on Reddit that you wanted to point out? Yeah, actually, I do. Um, considering uh, that at least going through my feed the other day, I saw. Uh, if, in, I know, especially in the, during these days where people are kind of just finding something new to get into, but uh, the NBA have uh, kind of announced something, somewhat I want to say of an outline, something they proposed on their board of, of bringing back the NBA season. Uh, and I just went on their website right now, nba.com slash 2020 season update. And it's saying, since uh, I report since June 4th, this is the most updated uh, thing they've posted. So the NBA Board of Governors approved a 22-team season return format. The NBA Board of Governors approved a competitive format to restart the 2019-2020 season. With 22 teams returning to play and a tentative start date of July 31st, uh, 2020, the NBA and the NBA Players Association are working with infectious disease specialists, public health experts, and government officials to establish a rigorous program to prevent uh, disease um, and mitigate the risk related to COVID-19 including a regular testing protocol and stringent safety practices. The season, the season's restart is also contingent on an agreement with the Walt Disney Company to use Walt Disney World Resort near Orlando, Florida as a single site for campus for all games, practices, and housing for the remainder of the season. In the approved format, the returning teams would, play, eat, would each play seeding games before beginning a traditional 16-team conference-based NBA playoffs with four rounds and a best-of-seven series in each round. That you know, So basically what we're used to. Uh, let me pull up the complete details because it does say what specific teams are left out and what specific teams that were chosen based, I believe, on statistics. But uh, we'll see right here. 
So as I just read, they're kind of stating that mayor season. And then it says, uh, the board's approval on the, of the restart format is necessary step. Uh, they're, I believe they're quoting one of the members. Uh, is a necessary step towards resuming the NBA season, said NBA Commissioner Adam Silver. While the COVID-19 pandemic presents formidable challenges, we are hopeful of a re- finishing the season in a safe and responsible manner based on strict protocols now being finalized with public officials and medical experts. We also recognize that we prepare to resume play. Our society is reeling from recent tragedies of racial violence and injustice, and we will continue to work closely with our teams and players to use our collective resources and influences to address these issues in a very real and concrete ways. Um, the season, let's see, and then it says uh, the season's going to restart, which I mentioned with the eight seeding games uh, for each returning team, and it's going to include the possibility of a play-in tournament for, for the eighth and final playoff seed in each conference, depending on the combined records across re- regular season games and seeding games. What's the 16 playoff uh 16-team playoff field is set. The NBA playoffs will proceed in a traditional conference-based format with four rounds and the best-of-seven series in each round. The NBA Finals would end no later than October 12th. Uh, and that's to see below the list of returning teams. Um, oh, bulls about it. Yeah, man, we'll get to that. Uh, as it, if as tentatively scheduled, the season, the season resumes on July 31st. Uh, then the 2020 NBA Draft Lottery will be rescheduled for August 25th. The, the 2020 NBA draft will be held on October 15th, so it's three, 30 days after the end of the season that they're, you know, that they're proposing. And the 2020-21 NBA regular season will be likely beginning on December 1st, 2020. Look at that. Not so bad of a turnaround, guys. So, um, here, I'm going to continue before I give my opinion. Um, the 14 NBA lottery teams would be the eight teams that do not participate in the restart and the six teams that participate in the six teams that participate in the restart but do not qualify for the playoffs. These teams will be seeded in the lottery and assigned odd based, odds based on their records throughout the games of March 11th. Mm-hmm. Um, the 16 playoff teams would draft an inverse order of their combined records across regular season games and seeding teams. So they, And then if you scroll down, they're giving us the 22 teams that are um, returning for the, the season restart. So starting with... Uh, the 22 teams, it's going to be the Milwaukee Bucks, the Toronto Raptors for the East, um, the Boston Celtics, Miami Heat, Indiana Pacers, Philadelphia 76ers, Brooklyn Nets, Orlando Magic, and the Washington Wizards from the Eastern Conference. And then for the West, it's going to be the LA Lakers, LA Clippers, Denver Nuggets, Utah Jazz, Oklahoma City Thunder, Houston Rockets, Dallas Mavericks, Memphis Grizzlies, uh, Portland Trailblazers, New Orleans Pelicans, Sacramento Kings, San Antonio Spurs, and the Phoenix Suns. Um, and then, as we mentioned, the format. Uh, and it says... Uh, okay, that's not too important. So, out of those teams that got left out, one of them was Chicago Bulls, which hurts my heart, but I understand we had a terrible season this year, but the right changes are being made on the front office, and I'm so excited to... Uh, which they haven't announced yet, which is pissing me off, but they haven't announced whether they're going to fire Jim Boylan yet. For some reason, I think they might just absorb him as a different position and get him out of the coaching seat. But I, it's just something that I like. The fans don't want him there. I don't understand. I don't. The players don't want him there. It just doesn't make any sense. But that's up to the the man, the new general manager, the president of the team and the organization. It's up to them. So I'm not sad that the Bulls aren't getting picked to return for the season. But you know they're gonna have to play to get to the a good spot in the lottery, which is fine. 
Um, they need to do a lot of development. So as Chicago fans, we're used to rebuild seasons. <laughs> we're used to dealing with uh, mismanagement, uh, players not work, not living to their full potential because of uh, administration and coaching, um, being held with talent that gets shifted off way too early and, and it, it comes back to bite us. So I'm very, once they made the right changes, I, was, I became very hopeful for the Bulls again. Um, I will never not be hopeful for them. Uh, but yeah, as far as sports concerned, it's really, I think the NBA is going to set the tone. I think this is good that they're, they got with the board and, and are really working to make sure that everyone's safe. Um, I think that I think they're just accountable and, and good. I think what now too same thing with the NHL right now they're doing um we're gonna do like a tournament style for the Stanley Cup champion. Um, they're the, the Blackhawks are in it, but they're gonna have to they're gonna be part of those because they're gonna have teams that have to play in to get to the final seating. Um, they're doing the same thing. They're gonna have three cities. What they're doing they're gonna spread the the teams out in three cities. So right now I think they're trying to work on you know the sites and. Um, the Hawks, the way they're set up, I think they're the number twelve. They're gonna play the Edmonton Oilers, and they're gonna play. I think they're gonna play them in the best of five to get into the the main playoff bracket. And I think those teams that had the top records of the divisions will have a bye week, or to be by, by from the round. We excuse. So the hockey, I think they're slowly too. I think they're uh, they're looking at a possible. Thing. Let me see if I can pull it up because I know the NHL was making strides as well. I know baseball's still up in the up in the air because both sides are still like you know. They're trying to determine, you know, how many games right now, too. Because I know minor league baseball right now is is not happening. But let me see if I can pull it up right now. Let's see here. Here we go. This is an article from ESPN. It was posted about yesterday. This is the annual coronavirus pause. Updates to the playoff format. Questions that team still open. It says here it's been 88 days since NHL hit the pause button on its 2019-2020 season because of the coronavirus pandemic, all cancellation as the cancellation of postponements around the world. Sports continues. Um, pretty much what it was, the NHL and the NHL Players Association agreed to the qualifying round of the 2014 tournament with the will be best of five series, and all four playoff rounds will be the best of seven series. The sides will also determine that the tournament will not be bracketed, but will be receded after every round. Basically, the top four teams in each conference will play. Three round-robin games each determined their seeding. The league said that any times at the end of the round-robin play will be broken by regular season points percentage. So that's what they're trying to do. And I think right now, like the Hawks, I think they're like number 12 right now. So they got to play in that round-robin to determine their seeding. Um, right now, they're trying to um, determine the hub cities right now. I know Chicago is one of them. And since here, Vegas is like a front-runner as well. So they're going to try to split the, the three divisions. There's two conferences, but they have divisions. Um, and they're trying, like, the determine, you know, what hub cities. I know LA's one of them, Chicago's one of them, I think Boston's another one. So they're all trying to determine what the hub cities could be hosting those games. So they're slowly they're slowly making progress as well. I think they're slowly opening the facilities right now as well. For team facilities, you can start, you know, training and get ready to get back into shape again. But I think right now, so far, the NBA and NHL are both making strides. Baseball is still the back and forth. I think the only sport right now that's... Um, Going on a schedule is the NFL. They're going on a schedule. I, there hasn't been any updates of it, of of anything changing, but so far the NHL NFL is going on as business as usual right now. But it's like like with soccer right now as well. I know the the German league um just came back after a few weeks ago, but of course they're playing with no fans. Um, 
know the Premier League is going out too as well. It's coming soon with no fans. The Liga, the Spanish Liga game is supposed to, the league tournament, the Spanish League is supposed to start, I uh, believe, later this month, later this week. The 12th, I think that's when they're supposed to resume as well. Of course, they're going to take it off fans um, because of the safety-wise. And you know what? Like I said, it, it's slowly, everything's slowly taking shape, but hopefully with sports, and I think the Bruce Lee documentary just being 30 for 30 film came out this past Sunday, which we definitely got to check out. Um... If you grew up watching Bruce Lee, of course, Beacon wearing a Bruce Lee shirt right now, but yeah. <laughs> the the documentary did come out this past Sunday because, you know, they ESPN announced a lot of documentary ESPN 30 for 30 films were following The Last Dance, and they had a two-part of Lance Armstrong, and they had um, this Bruce Lee B. Waters called, and they're going to have one about the home run race, which, you know, so so McGuire, see that with those new interviews as well. Um, the steroid race? And the steroid race, they go to the steroid yeah, race. Um, but, yeah, um, I don't know. Do you have anything else you want to add, Deacon, before we sign off for today? Um, fuck, there was... Oh, I, th- I thought I had seen uh, another thing going on. Hold on, let me put it up. Um, besides the NBA fucking returning. Um... There's got to be... Oh, I do one thing I want to mention before. Go ahead. Um, Netflix has Avatar The Last Airbender, and apparently oh, yeah. it was one of the top 10 things on Netflix. I had the Blu-ray set when they re-released that Blu-ray, and The Legend of Korra. I know a lot of fans are chiming for them to release Legend of Korra on there as well. I know Nick Viacom CBS has a deal with Netflix. Um, they take their IPs and create new shows. I know they're working on. I know the, the front runner, the creators of Avatar: Last Airbender, are the showrunners and the second producers of the live action upcoming live action version of Avatar: Last Airbender. So, um, but yeah, it's one of the trending of it, and people are craving for more because it's like fans who grew up in that show. That show came out in two thousand five, dude, and it you know these kids who grew up now they're probably young adults now. Um, they're showing it to their kids, and I hope their kids are enjoying it as well. Because that was a show too that had like a diverse, you know, cast, and basically, you know, the characters in there were different ethnicities. You know, they didn't see race; it was just, it was just different nations. You know, going at it um, with the Fire Nation, pretty much in general, causing havoc for all the other, king, other nations. Um, and I just saw that people were saying they should bring back more. They should show the in between stuff after the show ended. Um, but there is actually a comic, like an actual graphic novel series that actually follows when the show ended. It actually is written by the creators of Avatar Last Airbender. They actually created the comics and one of the artists um, draw it. I believe it's The Promise, um, The Search, and there's another one that's on there as well. It kind of bridges the, like, kind of shows what happens afterwards. And of course, Legend of Korra being the sequel series, when they brought the creators back to work on that as well, it takes place so many years after Avatar Last Airbender. For some years, her name Korra. She's she learned everything else. She mastered all her three elements, but the only thing she couldn't master was her bending. So she had to learn, learn that, and of course, um, that dealt with other issues as well because, um, with you know discrimination and stuff, issues like that as well. Definitely, definitely recommend you guys get um, Korra, the Legend of Korra because um, it talks about that. You know, it's cool. It's just a little bit of steampunk culture in there as well with the cars and stuff. But does some talk about you know it does dwell upon you know prejudice and discrimination and everything with benders and non-benders. So and talk about the spirit world and everything. So it, it, it's really good. Definitely recommend you guys as well. Um, that's one thing I want to touch base on because I saw that was one of the top trading things on Netflix. 
Um, I don't think we got anything else before we wrap up. Yeah. Um, I do want to actually talk about uh, ways that you could still contribute to the cause. Um, and I want to say try to first educate yourself on the African-American struggle in our country and, and the black communities. Uh, help, help contribute to your own community and understand the plight of, of minorities in, in our country. And it's built by minorities, man. Like, we contribute so much and all we want is just acceptance and, and, and being treated equal. You know, um, I would love to recommend uh, Michael Che's uh, com comedy special on Netflix. It, it's from a few years back, and uh, if you're not familiar with Michael Che, he's a head writer in SNL. Hilarious stand-up, one of my favorites. He's very underrated, uh, and if you haven't seen SNL, uh, if you're still are catching up with them, I highly recommend. He's, he, he does a daily update with, uh, what's his name? Oh, what's his name? Oh. He's dating ScarJo, I think. Yeah, I forgot his name, though. Uh, He's drawing a blank. It's gotta, I have to look it up now. Yeah, please. anywho. And then, no slack to him. He's funny, too. It's just I can't remember his name. Drawing a blank. But Michael Che, his last special is great. He talks about, you know, Black Lives Matter, and he has a great bit on it. And uh, it's... It's very, and I think it's making the circle, it's making the rounds on social media today for that specific reason on this specific bit, but uh, I, I want to say, you know, inform yourself, there's plenty of petitions to be signed, stay stay aware of what's going on. Uh, oh, Colin Jost is his name. Colin Jost, there you go. Uh, please try to get some information from various sources to try to understand what's going on. I know the mainstream media has been perpetuating and, and trying to divide us based on this cause. They're trying, you know, they're using the oldest tricks in the books and they're trying to continue this cycle of, of division. And right now it's seeing this movement being such a collective and, and it's getting bigger in numbers. Uh, we're, we just got to keep pushing and don't fall for that old trope that you see on mainstream media, especially with Fox. They, they are classically doing this still where they're just causing racial divide over and over again and I just it saddens me that people are still falling for their mainstream mainstream bullshit. So try to find other sources. Try to find you know African American sources of news who who are taking the information that's out there and who are eloquently trying to communicate you know strong talking points, just strong ideas to where how can you help the community and and it starts within your local community. It starts within you and your family. So just, there's plenty of sources to find petitions. Uh, I one website I would love to recommend uh, that I can't, I've been visiting every day this this ever since this started. Uh, it's called BlackLivesMatters.carrd.co slash pound petitions. But it, just go to BlackLivesMatters.carrd.co. And it, it gives you a whole page on how you can help it, it. It gives you links within it. It gives you address. Addresses if you're from other countries. It gives you straight things where you can mail in, you know, awareness, uh, zip codes, the whole thing. Uh, you can go to change.org to sign petitions. I know some people believe it doesn't do anything, but it does. Signing petitions does. It's the oldest way of getting these things brought into the limelight. And... Uh, you see, uh, look at that. Within this thing, it says, "Don't do not 
and they're already telling you do not donate to change.org. The donations they ask for do not go to the causes. So your money could go to better places. Uh, change.org is very popular. And I've been on there for years. Uh, the first Once you sign up the petition for free, it already asks you to try to give them money to push it. And that's not true. That's just to fund their website. So don't, don't give them money. Sign the petition because it is free to make an account and sign with them. But do not give your money to them because they don't go straight to that. That's, it goes to their bottom line. Just remember that. Um, and then, I, then it says white, petitions, white House petitions don't do much. And it says they were only effective under Obama's administration. It means nothing in Trump's turn. They sadly aren't obligated to give us a statement after 100K signatures, obviously. So they, they link you to a bunch of websites that are straight into it. So that most of them are all change.org petitions that were started by multiple organizations. But they are also linking to other ones. There's petitionsite.com, amnesty.org, colorsofchange.org. Connect with your local NAACP representatives. Join. It's for everyone. It's for everyone to join. You don't have to be. You don't have to be Latino. You don't have to be black. You don't have to be Indian. You don't have to be Asian. You can be white and join the NAACP. You're a person of color too. It's human. Remember, the key term, people, is human race. Yes. That's the term. There's no races. There's one. That's the human race. And I do want to talk about, you know, something I saw. Uncle Sal, if you remember, we had him on the podcast as well. He he put a video up, and it shows, like, um, like cops and, (laughs) and like, it's in his local neighborhoods, like, cops and, you know, they're playing a pickup game. With uh, you know, African American community, they're playing with together, playing basketball on the street. And of course, they had to move it because there was a car passing by. But not, we're not, not every cop is bad. But the problem is, they're the good cops are being afraid to speak up, and they're afraid because you know, maybe some are been in the force for not that long. But I think they're afraid because what their veterans are gonna, their veteran officers are gonna say to them. But if any, you know, good cops are listening to right, like listen to this podcast as well. You make your voice heard because you have authority as well. You have a voice that if you don't see something going right in your precinct, speak up. Because honestly, it's like people are now judging you just based on what your colleagues are doing. And honestly, it's like it's going to make yourself look bad because if you don't want to associate with your, you know, your bad cop, you know, colleagues, you know, speak up. You know, I've seen videos where National Guardsmen were actually standing with protesters, or you know, even cops are joining them as well. It's like you know. And the problem is, you know, they're being pressured, you know, by, you know, their local governments to do something. But it's like, and it's like, but it's like, right now, like I said, black lives matter. That's something we need to get that across. Doesn't mean not other lives matter, but this is something that needs to be addressed now. Like my, my Beagle says, change needs to happen. We all need change. I mean, look at this. Look at Sonic the Hedgehog. That thing, when that first trigger came out. It was horrible, and you saw the how the whole community, the whole gaming community, the whole fan community, Sonic the Hedgehog it has fans from all over the world in that community to come together and force a movie studio to, you know, to pretty much take that and go back to the drawing board. It took a lot of voices to make that, and look what happened. He got a new updated model, and people loved that movie. It sucked that it came out at a time when everything started shutting down because of COVID. It probably could have been making money because it had one of the top... Weekends for uh, grossing weekends for a video game based movie, and I enjoyed it. But it's like it that thing it, it could tell the voices do play an impact. Change does play an impact. So that's what Biko's saying. Like you know, go in your communities, read up. You know, talk. You know, have a conversation. Yeah, it can be a tough conversation, but have one. You have to have it, guys. You gotta have it. You have to have it because we gotta get these changes done. Because you don't want. 
you know, your kids and your kids' kids to, you know, to deal with this shit too. Yeah. We need to evolve, like, we need to evolve, you know, we need to evolve as people. And this is the, one of the first steps is, yeah. you know, educate yourself, have these tough conversations, and help out your local communities. Yeah. You have to start, you have to start local, and, and that wave carries and carries and gets bigger. So, you enough is enough. Like, if you want the human race to progress, why are we holding on to these dumb ideas? Because at the end of the day, that's what it is. They're ignorant ideas that have no, no root. And no, I do like what CM, no nonsense. I do like what CM Punk said last nonsense. week. What he said on the podcast on the backstage show, how he pretty much called out white people in general. He called them all out, saying, "If you have privilege, use that privilege to help your black brothers and sisters." Use that privilege to help them out. And that was kind of cool because you had Mark Henry, you had Booker T there. And you could tell they were listening to him and they were shocked, you know. You know, they were amazed at the words. And you could tell. And then I like how Punk pretty much talked about his thing where his grandpa, like the first two he ever saw was his grandpa having a number of the concentration camps. And remember that. I mean, it's in the history, guys. But like Beagle said, we have to educate yourself. Join your committees, you know, voices can be heard. We need to make this change happen. Like I said, we gotta do it for George Floyd, everybody, Breonna Taylor, all everyone that who's been pretty much destroyed by police brutality, by cops that didn't hold themselves accountable. And I know that all the four cops are being charged now. Yeah, hopefully. They're hopefully, being charged, but they hopefully still convicted. Hopefully the justice system actually does something right for a change. So the fight's not over. So we'll see. But doesn't mean this has to stop. We have to fight. Not with violence, but with words. Alright? I said last week, during our podcast blackout, words, not violence. I'm going to keep repeating it every single week. Every single week we do this, I'm going to keep repeating the same thing. Words, not violence. Anything else, Pico, before we sign off? No, just... Stay aware, stay focused on the cause, don't let up. You're not alone in this. Um, we're all coming together, you know, no matter what. Um, all I can hope for is that you, you know, take a step back and put yourself in another person's shoes and don't leave with your ego. It's dangerous. Be, if you consider yourself a human, then act like it. Be, be better than what you were yesterday. Learn something new from someone that you never thought you would. And just be fucking nice. Don't be an asshole. It's not that hard. Just be nice and considerate. How fucking hard is that? It's really not. So just be nice. Don't be asshole. All right, then. Um, that's all we got for you guys. Don't forget, um, make sure to follow the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple. Rate us on Apple. <laughs> Please give us a rating on Apple. That would really help us That would really help us out to get the voices heard. Um, don't forget, go to our store on Teespring. Buy our merch. Um, you can, I'm actually tweet, I'm actually starting to... I actually started mm-hmm. Twitch, guys. Mm-hmm. Um... I'm barely going, uh, I'm going, I've been, this is my second week doing Twitch. I might do another one tonight. I'm doing a special one tonight. Um, I'm going to tackle the first game of Shenmue. So if you guys are a big Shenmue, you ever growing up playing that game on the Dreamcast, um, I got the PS4 version. I'm going to try it out and see how they, what they did. And what I cool about it is they added the Japanese audio. They made the first time they added the Japanese audio because when they came to here the U.S. and Europe, they had it like in the languages. They never had it in the original Japanese language, which I'm looking forward to it. So, oh, now you can follow me on Twitch. I'm at the fi- my Twitch ha- channel is twitch.tv slash 
franchise 685. Um, like I said, you can check out our Facebook page. It's facebook.com. Search for Talking Pop. You can find our links to the episodes there. And if you want to post anything, go ahead and post anything you want. Any questions or any topic ideas you want me and Beagle, me and Beagle to take care of, handle. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Pop Talking. It's all one word. Um, you can post stuff on there. We usually post stuff with the podcast as well on there as well. Um, like I said, that's all I got. As always, geek on. Take care.